Thank you uh, very much. Uh, it's uh, actually uh, it's going to be a bit uh, paradoxical, but it's uh, refreshing to be in a, in a auditorium such as this. Refreshing because of the ideas, not because of the temperature. Uh, but I'm very very happy to be here after uh, being in, in office for for over five years five years, uh, and uh, and listening to uh, such a great great seminar. Really. Uh, the uh, depth uh, and the uh, holistic approach. Uh, you know, we've talked about everything from being happy, crime, education, uh, 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 almost everything. So there's, uh, uh, I'm going to uh, talk uh, uh, in two, two parts of my uh, closing remarks. Uh, one is to try to wrap up what I've heard. What's my takeaway from the 10 excellent presentations I've heard uh, tonight and during the day? And then uh, four key ideas from my own experience about uh, my own country, about Peru. Uh, so uh, let me uh, thank, obviously, CAF uh, uh, and, and Oxford and Anthony's, uh, uh, Anthony's College uh, for this opportunity. Um, I'm, I'm very, very happy to be here. Uh, so we, we've heard a, a wonderful overview by Guillermo Perry and his two key questions uh, at the end, uh, one of them uh, uh, it was like going uh, 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 all the way around. Uh, support for public education was one, uh, given this uh, aspirational, uh, you know, uh, um, issue that the middle classes have of, of going toward, towards private education. I think it was quite uh, uh, telling uh, what the former um, minister of education of Costa Rica said about this perception of, uh, oh, only, you know, how, how many have a private education in Costa Rica? So this is a very relevant question. Um, uh, entrepreneurship uh, not being done by, by the middle class. Um, uh, uh, Michael Penfold, uh, I think, uh, uh, delved into the, this post-materialism, uh, this individual responsibility, which goes away from uh, public goods and, and trying to uh, have a... a you know, be in charge of our education, for instance, uh, and this uh, uh, this aspirational, this uh, perception thing, being a function of savings and education, very nice. Uh, Luis Felipe, I think he's uh, one of the most prominent uh, uh, economists that have done a lot of work defining this abstract uh, concept of middle class uh, as this uh, 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 probabilistic uh, uh, method of uh, of uh, of of social mobility, of not falling back. And that's one of the key questions that we must face. If the countries have done tremendous progress, can really, really uh, keep on the pace and the progress. Uh, uh, obviously, um, uh, he spoke about the policies, uh, the quality of public goods. I'm going to really uh, focus my final, my, my final remarks on my own experience about the fiscal and institutional capacities that need to be put in place to be able to deliver, deliver this uh, good quality uh, services in health, education, nutrition, that are of essence for a country to grow, in particular in a less you know, benign environment. Uh, the Brazilian ex experience was, uh, was put together uh, uh, very nicely by Maria Arminia. Uh, this, uh, um, I actually felt uh, happy because I'm, I'm actually in the, you know, turning um, toward the 50s, so uh, I'm gonna be, be happier. Uh, so, um, uh, and that's, uh, uh, that's good. Uh, there's anecdotal evidence for my part. Uh, uh, my takeaway from Pablo Sanguinetti is that uh, 
that uh, middle class and crime, there is no relationship uh, really, uh, and that's something, but crime, perhaps uh, as being one of the most important um, issues that uh, bother uh, you know, uh, the population, uh, the top issue in most polls, I think is quite relevant uh, uh, for the whole society. Uh, uh, Costa Rica's uh, experience, uh, the role of elites, uh, I actually, when he was talking about uh, uh, techno politicians, I, I felt a little bit touched because uh, uh, I, 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 uh, it was a, a subtle message that I think our host was, was giving me. Uh, I felt it that way because uh, I, I am a, a technocrat that became a little bit of a politician uh, in time. Uh, I think uh, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Professor Ludolfo was, uh, was, was brilliant about this uh, 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 importance of, of channel, channeling all of these uh, demands and the risk of them being unfulfilled, as the Chilean, the Brazilian uh, cases show. And uh, the, the two last uh, uh, presentations by uh, Christian Daude and, and, and uh, former Minister Garnier were, were excellent because I think that's the way to make it really uh, uh, sustainable, to make our, our, our social, uh, our, our middle class sustainable is through education good quality education, I would add health, nutrition, all of those things that uh, uh, um, work for social mobility. So uh, I think overall uh, this has been um, quite a, uh, an excellent conference. So now let me refer and be brief because of the time uh, for my own experience uh, with uh, just, uh, uh, just four lines, uh, 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 bullet points about, about Peru. Um, and the four uh, takeaways that, that I take uh, uh, to, to tell my colleagues that are in office while I'm here enjoying uh, um, you know, this excellent conference. I think Peru is a very, very nice case of, uh, of what has been, uh, uh, was been uh, um, uh, defined as an emerging, emerging middle class, different from the traditional middle class. When, you have, when we had the really bad uh, uh, macroeconomic crisis in which Peru, unlike other countries, we had three lost decades, um, not one, one lost decade, three lost decades. Uh, we had this, uh, this new emerging um, um, middle class, namely made by immigrants from the highlands, from the Amazon, and the big city that started uh, benefiting from um, stability, low inflation, from access to goods and services that bef before were um, you know, quite scarce for them. And we've seen this boom in consumption and this boom in the, the reduction of geographical uh, asymmetries in Peru between the rural and the urban areas. They persist, but still uh, uh, this has, uh, the, the, the gap has uh, narrowed somewhat. Uh, so I think um, uh, the issues um, about, uh, about, uh, uh, that have been mentioned, uh, I think they... they Peru can fit in, into the case. Uh, in spite of this, uh, really uh, very dynamic growth, um, sharp poverty reduction, uh, and this emergence of this emerging uh, middle class, uh, the big question lies about the sustainability of all this effort. And I think, um, uh, let me talk about four issues um, to uh, be able to interact a little bit with you uh, Q&A. I think that's more entertaining given, given the time. I think, um, uh, for once, when we're talking about the good public goods being delivered, uh, we need to really go very deeply and evaluate the efficiency and the effectiveness 
of the delivery of services by the government. Um, and this is uh, an area in which we still have ways to go, not only Peru, but many countries in the region. And I think doing that is easy to you know, put in a, in a karaoke PowerPoint, but in, in actual you know, dealing with these things is not only a question of putting more resources, more, more money, because it's costly, but of, of, of getting um, you know, uh, uh, effectiveness from that. And I think uh, uh, two reforms that we have been able to uh, uh, put together in, in our country that are reforms, at least in the paper, and it's in the process of implementation, has been focusing on the human capital of the, bureauc of the, of the bureaucracy that, that uh, 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 is responsible for um, 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 delivering the services. So state capacity, which is the subject of next year's uh, RED, uh, is essential. And I think if one looks at Peru and its problems that it has had lately uh, uh, has been this uh, uh, constraints for growth from lack of state capacity. So to deliver services, we need to have a merit-based, uh, 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 strong bureaucracy with incentives. Uh, uh, we had a very rigid uh, labor market in uh, the, the government sector, and that has been uh, one of the key reforms that uh, was approved uh, a while ago, and we're in the process of implementing it. Uh, the other thing, which hasn't been mentioned at all during this whole uh, uh, talk, but I think it's something that we should think about, and which would, in a way, um, uh, tackle this issue, this apparent uh, 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 contradiction between um, expensive you know, education and fiscal constraints, are PPPs, are private-public partnerships, uh, I think, in delivering uh, uh, basic services, such as education, and, uh, and health. And I'm not talking here about privatizing anything. I'm talking about uh, uh, a government that uh, not only signs contracts, concessions for building infrastructure, but also for maintaining that infrastructure in good quality and operating it optimally in 30-year contracts. Governments are really bad maintaining their capital stock, for instance. And, uh, and I think if we get the private sector to participate, it's a way to accelerate this process. And also the efficiency in which there's appropriate risk, you know, uh, risk sharing between the private and public sector, even in education and health, uh, is very, very important. And we've been uh, doing some strides to get this um, efficient uh, um, um, contract between uh, um, uh, uh, private and public sector, even in education and healthcare, which were uh, a heresy uh, a, few, uh, you know, a few years ago. Uh, uh, but that's a way to really start catching up from uh, the fact that we are lagging in, in educational, um, you know, quality of education and of human capital in general. Uh, so I mentioned uh, civil service as a way how to uh, be more effective in governments. Uh, I have talked about private-public partnerships and something that it's very country-specific because Latin America is very heterogeneous is the fact of how uh, the government is organized to deliver services. In my country, we have decentralized. Over 90% of, uh, of, of tasks are done by subnational governments. And really, the capacities, you know, or the, 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 the asymmetries between central government, regional government, and local governments are, 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 are astonishing. Uh, and, and this is something that the undoing is politically very, very, very difficult to do once you've decentralized for over a decade with very limited results. So I think uh, 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 the government effectiveness, 
the quality of public goods and services uh, is essential and, and has to do with uh, 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 actually triggering these reforms. Perhaps this uh, unfulfilled expectations is going to trigger these new reforms that need to be uh, put in place. That the, problems with, the problem with them is that you don't see results in the short term. These are bets that uh, in two or three governments uh, you're going to see uh, you know, the benefits from, from these reforms. And for, for politicians, they want uh, early wins and they want things you know, immediately. And, and, and this is the political economy. It's quite, quite uh, uh, you know, uh, of a constraint. To, uh, but the fact that uh, we want to maintain the progress uh, entails uh, uh, undergoing reforms in, in, in areas such as education, quality of education, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the second issue uh, which needs the, that goes hand in hand is the financing, you know, uh, the willingness to pay taxes, which has been one of the issues that has been uh, you know, explored and, and has been... Uh, 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 spoken about by, by different speakers. And, and this, uh, again, uh, there is a trade-off because uh, this actually uh, may work, you know, increasing taxes in Chile. You know, maybe there's a large discussion there. But Chile is a very formal economy. If I were to do that in Peru, which is a very informal economy, 65% of informality is a different, difficult uh, you know, uh, uh, task to, to undertake. So uh, I think, uh, um, uh, and I remember this conference by CAF in Uruguay, which was exactly about this, about the motivation to pay taxes uh, as, a, as a function if you receive quality services. So it goes really hand in hand with the previous uh, premise that I was elaborating. But uh, uh, one of the big areas of reform of discussion now in our country is how to deal with the large informal sector large you know, informal economy without access to uh, uh, pensions, uh, without access to uh, adequate uh, safety net, uh, without access uh, to uh, 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 you know, a social safety net, especially uh, in times of shocks and of economic downturn uh, globally. Um, uh, I think uh, uh, the third aspect that I'd like to stress out uh, uh, has to be with this uh, sustainability issue. I think this is critical, um, uh, and, um, and this is tied with my last uh, point, which uh, uh, has to do with the social and political implications. Uh, I think now there is growing consensus in, 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 my, in, our, in, in my country, and I think in many countries in, in the region, that there are certain things that, that we take for granted. Uh, macroeconomic stability, no one discusses that uh, at all. It's something that's taken for, for, for granted and accepted by most of the population. Openness, you know, shying away protectionism is another, another uh, area. Uh, promoting private investment. And this is a uh, state policy that has really uh, come government after government over the past uh, 20 years. But now we need to focus really on those uh, unfulfilled expectations. Um, uh, uh, how, how do we deal with this uh, 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 still... Um, uh, risk of pendulum swifts when you have unfulfilled expectations. And this, again, goes again to the capacity of the government to deliver services and to uh, ally and partner with the private sector to do so in an efficient uh, and effective way. So I think uh, these are areas in which definitely we need uh, to work. Uh, I think the region uh, needs to really uh, 
uh, gets a, get a, get its act together to really start the thinking about the uh, reforms that will sustain growth for the next 20 or, or 30 or 30 years. Uh, productivity is still very low. This is tied with education, with la large productivity gap that we still have uh, in countries that have performed really well, li like my country. But now there is a, a question mark whether this uh, uh, you know, uh, um, commodity boom being over, will it uh, 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 lead to a, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 a standstill of the progress that we've seen over the years? And this needs to be tackled by education, human capital, institution building, capacity building, and uh, skills, technology, everything that has been mentioned, especially in the last panel, which I, I enjoy a lot. So I think uh, that's a little bit of, uh, from my experience. Uh, uh, President Garcia told me to be brief, uh, try to be as brief as I can, uh, but uh, I think the topics have been qu quite, quite uh, interesting, uh, and I think there's a food for thought uh, to really continue uh, and, and you know, trying to uh, make sense of these middle classes uh, and sustaining them uh, as a pillar of, uh, of, of, of prosperity in, in countries such as Peru and, and other middle-income economies. So with this, uh, I close my remarks. Thank you very much.